Welcome to the audio edition of Think of the Children, a newsletter about the intersection of parenting and education. This week, I'm so delighted to bring you an interview with Michelle Wu, author of the delightful book Horizontal Parenting, which you should order now for all the new parents on your holiday shopping list. If you'd like to get future editions of this newsletter delivered to your inbox, please visit emilypopek.com, that's P-O-P-E-K, to learn more and subscribe. I would love to hear the story of the book, where where it came from. When my when my daughter, who is eight now, was a toddler, I think I just wasn't prepared for how much of parenting is like getting up, getting back down, getting up, yes. getting back down. Totally. Um, yeah, and she um, was just you know very curious toddler with a very short attention span um, who wanted to play you know over here let's go look at the fish tank over here let's go play with this ball um come follow me mama all the time um I think now that I have two kids and um my youngest is around the same age he's two I'm a little bit more like yeah, no, like you go play by yourself. And um, maybe I'll maybe I'll join you, maybe not. Um, but I need to do my own thing now. But I, you know, at the time with my daughter, I definitely just wanted to be in her world. But her world was very exhausting. Yeah. And I was the parenting editor at Lifehacker at the time. And yeah, for a story, I just decided to write about how to entertain your kid while lying down. And it was a roundup of activities that you could do. I um, crowdsourced a lot of the activities from um, friends on Facebook and Twitter. And some of the ideas that uh, parents have come up with, they're just really elaborate. And I was just so amazed by the creativity. I mean, like, I guess, when you're desperate, that's when creativity is um, just abundant. <laughs> that's when uh, I heard about the ninja walk, which is when you lie down on the floor face down and you have your kid tiptoe past you. And if you hear them walking, then you yell out ninja and they have to go back to the starting line. And I'm like, oh, that's like very creative and fun. Yeah, so fast forward several years, um, and uh, a book editor was Googling how to entertain your kid while lying down because she herself was the mom of a toddler and she had the flu. And so she was yeah, looking for how to get some relief. And she came across my article and um, asked me if I'd be interested in expanding on it into a book uh and yeah the rest is history i mean with the activities in the book yeah they're much more you know in depth than uh you know the original the original activities that i wrote about in the article but um yeah some i think they're all like very doable like with limited supplies and so uh that's what I'm most excited, like when I'm reading reviews, like a lot of the reviews have been saying, yeah, I thought this was just going to be like a humorous book, but it's actually f 
funny and very practical, which um, really yeah, makes me happy because uh, it seems like parents are implementing the activities in real life, which is super cool. Yeah, that's it's so great when you know you get to see those things have a like a life in the world, right? With right. real people. Um, I wonder if you have any feelings about why this resonates with people or why this resonated for you. Like, I don't know. It just to me, it feels like such a zeitgeist idea, like the idea of horizontal parenting. Yeah. Um, because I know so many parents of young children who are a exhausted all the time and B who feel really strongly that it's really important for them to, as you said, like to be in their child's world. So, um, I, I'd love to hear kind of what you think about those two things. It's really interesting because I don't know if our own parents would have, you know, gotten so elaborate and creative with such activities they'd be like you know what go to the, like we had a, a playroom and we always just like stayed in the playroom and while you know my parents like did their own thing um so but I, I don't know maybe it's something about this generation with social media like feeling this pressure to play with our kids all the time that is just really unsustainable and exhausting but at the same time there are like many moments when we we want to do it like it's we want to be more present we um want to be in the world we don't necessarily love to play but we love to like see the world through our kids eyes and I think this sort of concept of being able to do that while playing still is really compelling. Um, and yeah, of course the pandemic has just like exacerbated this need for rest and ways that we could even get an extra 10 minutes of quiet time. Uh, like pretend you're a dirty car going to the car wash and you know get horizontal in the bathtub and have your kid wash you um you know wash off the washable paints and markers that, that buys you like what like 17 minutes of uh yeah stillness right. <laughs> and not um, having to move yeah well, yeah without having to move you might even it might even feel good you might get a massage out of it um or like a pseudo massage out of it just this idea that it's possible to get a little bit of a break while still engaging and being present in your your child's world is something that's interesting to parents. Yeah, absolutely. So you said that your oldest is eight now, is that right? Mm -hmm. And your yeah. youngest is about two. Mm -hmm. And are you parenting with a partner? Yes. When you are working, where are your kids? Great question. So for most of the pandemic, uh, we had a, an au pair. She was from Brazil and she lived with us for a year and a half. Yeah, for us, that was very helpful. I mean, like such a luxury, I think, to have. Um, we, I wanted to do, I wanted to have an au pair because I had put my uh, youngest son in daycare and he was getting sick constantly, like oh, every... Yeah 
other week he'd have to stay home. And I was just like, I can't, like, I can't um, work. I can't, we, we can't like keep taking days off all the time um, for this. And so I decided to look into other childcare situations. And I heard that, you know, having an au pair was a more affordable, more affordable than like a nanny. And it was, so we went that route and it was great because I mean, she was with, she's home with the kids. I was able to work and um, maintain my, my job. And, but she, she left um, a few months ago and um, I now have daycare or preschool and my child, my daughter's in third grade. So she goes to school and then to an after school program at her school. It kind of all has to happen in the in the work day and and within the within the confines of that schedule kind of um, yeah yeah I mean there are times that I like you know work a little bit after they go to bed but I've been lately just trying not to yeah I feel like yeah pre-pandemic that was kind of the norm Mm -hmm. just the norm of like working late into the night and but then something kind of switched in me just like I don't want to anymore and I don't know I don't think I don't think we're like more productive when we're tired and yeah I've I've gotten in the habit when I get up in the morning like I literally like wake up and immediately sit down and start working like Uh instantly upon waking and I work Uh about an hour before my daughter gets up and it's like it's not the best it's not the best thing but it's uh-huh. like what you were just saying, like, I can't do that work the hour before I go to sleep. Like my brain is just not like, I do not have that capacity at night. I know a lot of people, like you were saying, will sort of come back to it at, at you know, after the kids are in bed, try to finish up the work. Yeah. I can't do it at night, but it also kind of sucks doing it right when you wake up in the morning too, where it's like your workday starts like at 6am. Yeah. You know. I mean, I feel like it sucks if you wake up and you immediately start emails like or things that are yeah like like emails but I do I found for myself that if I wake up super early and I start writing like without even checking my phone or anything Mm. and I just like get you know a notebook and a pencil and just like sit on my sofa and start like writing like I like actually enjoy that because it's like before all the Slack notifications come in and all the emails come in and everything. It's like, that's kind of a sacred time. I mean, I don't do it often because I, I don't actually write so much in my day job, but um, yeah, when I do have something to write. Yeah, that sounds lovely. <laughs> it sounds really nice. Like that little, it's like that little bubble of time, right? right? When it's like, nope, all those other things don't exist yet. Right. It's just, it's just me and, and these words. Like, yeah, that sounds beautiful. I try like, I try to take that morning time for like not the stressful stuff. I try to like, you know, sometimes yeah. you have, sometimes it is like straight into all the notifications and the emails, but right. it's tough. But I feel like every working parent, you know, you have to fit it all in somewhere, right? Because the school day and the work day are not the same length. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's true too. Tell me one thing that's challenging for parenting for you, like right now at this like time in your life mornings <laughs> um uh when we had our au pair danny the best thing about that was that she she kind of handled mornings with our kids it got them to zoom school you know, got my daughter to zoom school got my son ready i think just getting back into the groove of school yeah. has been 
a fight and it's definitely like a fight with like my daughter needs a ton of sleep and she's just always um very groggy in the morning and just getting her out the door has been really really tough but we've tried I mean I've tried like hacks and things like trying to you know I, I posted this something on my um instagram stories I, I like made um what do you call it like a shoe holder no shoe holder. shoe oh, rack. i know what you mean like those racks with all the little pockets is it like yeah all the little pockets uh-huh and then so so i labeled it like monday a rofer tuesday wednesday thursday and then like each compartment is like shirt pants socks underwear every day she has it she like does it on sundays and then it just helps her you know, she could get up and put on her clothes uh, without needing anything from us. Yeah, I just, I don't know, try all these things. They sometimes stick, sometimes don't. But. Right. I always have this belief that like, I just need this better system. Like, I just need to find the right system. There's some system out there, right? And uh -huh. if I found it, then all of these things would proceed smoothly. But I like, this was actually something that happened for me during the pandemic. Like I sort of released, I had to release myself from that line of thinking hmm. because I, I, I was like, you know what, I, for me and my family, I just had to accept that, like, there might not be a system that is going to make all this okay. Yeah. <laughs> and that was really hard for me to, like, stare that in the face and be like, maybe um, there's just this thing that I'm going to ask my kid to do, and it's just going to be hard, and they're going to be mad about it. And I was like, what a bummer. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like, wouldn't it be better if I could just, if there was something I could just go buy at Office Max that would make totally. this not hard? That's what I want. I want yeah. it to be something I could buy at Office Max that would make this not hard. But I like, I don't, I, sometimes I'm like, maybe there isn't. <laughs> and that sucks. Really good realization. I mean, yeah. But sometimes there are, but sometimes there are like those simple things, right? That like truly are life changing. Right. You're like, oh my God, like this really does make everything easier. So it's, you know, it's a balancing act. Right, how, right. how is the shoe rack going? Like, do you it's feel like going it's well? Away? It's been like four weeks or so since That's it's, great. Yeah. And so the only thing we have to remember is like remind her to do it on Sunday night or Sunday evening. And yeah, then it's done. I actually pick out at least like three outfits every Sunday evening and I hang them uh -huh. up because oh. like I need, I need the shoe rack. Like, yeah. Cause I will, cause in the mornings I'm like, Oh, I don't know what to wear. This is too hard. Uh -huh. Um, so yeah, like when it works, it's great, you know, Yeah. compared to the household you grew up in, like, what is one thing that you are doing differently as a parent from what would have been done in your family of origin? I was very overscheduled as a kid. Um, I had many classes. I remember rushing from like my grandparents um kind of took care of us while my parents worked and it would always yeah it would always be like dance class singing class piano this um and I think it's hard because I get into like I get kind of obsessed with that too like oh I need to find like the perfect class to like help my you know, especially with my daughter, I'm just like, oh, this is, I want her to find a thing because I just have, I have this fear of middle school and I like, you know, of all like the bad things that happen in middle school. And for some reason, I think like her finding her passion or whatever is going to like shield her from those just getting into trouble or, or whatnot. And I want her to find like what she's interested in. I want her to try all these new things. 
I have the privilege to be able to have opportunities to try out ceramics if we like pottery whatever if we wanted to so for a while I was like oh I just like want to find more classes but then I, I realized how much like white space can do for kids like I feel like when my kids are bored it's like we experience like the lowest lows and the highest highs like it's yeah. like the worst and the best you know it's like they come up with like the funniest games and they they fight and they start building things and they cry like it's just like so much happens and stuff that they need they need to figure out with with that space yeah so I've just like really made an effort I think to have like lots of white space on our calendar we don't do anything on weekdays just like come home and um chill out yeah have some downtime and that's kind of been good I think that's yeah that's great that's I can relate to that a lot of like that tension of like feeling like like you should or you want to like you have this urge to like to to schedule things like oh what about this class what about this program like I I struggled with that a lot when we sort of we went back to in-person school this fall and it was sort of like okay we can do things again and I was like oh but like I don't know like what the right amount of things is it's it right. feels very challenging to know like is this right is this the right fit for our family for my kid but yeah I love what you said about white space I love thinking of it that way of like just leave holding some space for just like for time to just be loose and free I really feel the same way that like really good things come out of that but also it can be really painful sometimes right. um but if you can sort of just persevere, then like, yeah, like really great things can happen in that white space for sure. Yeah. Is there anything that you swore you would never do as a parent that you that you absolutely mm. have done? I don't know if I ever swore I wouldn't. Like I was, I so didn't know what to expect going into parenting, but I would say <laughs> I would have judged a type of parent who like bribes their kid. And I totally do it. Like my youngest is very bribable and it's just like a bad habit because it's just so easy. Like he could be like crying, like tantruming. And then I don't know, just I can whisper like, do you want a candy? And he like instantly like, like stopped and be like, yes, please mama. Like <laughs> he just very like snaps out of whatever he's, it's terrible, right? Like, yes, feel your bad feelings. Um, don't think, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I don't think that's so terrible. And I think that's different from bribing too. You know, I yeah. think I was just talking to my friend who has a, a young child. He's close to two now. And she, we were talking about like tantrums and like when they just feel, it seems like they're stuck. They're just stuck in that bad mood. Uh-huh. And um, I was talking to her about like the power of distraction. How like, uh-huh. I feel like sometimes it's really a kindness to help kids out of those like intractable tantrums to just like be like hey did you see there's a bird over there yeah 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 bird and you're like we're good like because if if they were really genuinely if there was really something genuinely distressing them you know what I mean I think they wouldn't be distractible but if they are distractible, then it's like, yeah, maybe you just kind of needed like a new suggestion about something to put your attention on. I don't know. This is my Yeah, I like opinion. that. No, I, I like that a lot. Yeah, we're just discovering candy because there's been a bunch of like Halloween events. And so, I mean, I guess that's just been like 
a parenting tool this month. <laughs> you know, whatever it takes. So I have a few school questions now. Um, I would love to know if you chose your child's school or if uh, if your child just attends the local neighborhood school. Um, yeah, the local neighborhood school for, for Maggie. And then we chose our son's preschool. Um, what is something that you love about your kids' school or preschool? Like, what is something great about it? Gosh, with my daughter's public school, um, well, it's very small. There's only, you know, two classes per grade. So it's relatively, yeah, it's relatively small. Everyone knows everyone. Um, I went to my first PTA meeting ever. And it's really eye-opening because I'm just like, oh my gosh, like the parents run the school. Like if there weren't volunteers, like kids would have nothing. They wouldn't have like any of these like fun things to do or um, yeah, it, it just like showed me how much of a, like a communal experience this is. Um, and I like that. Like, I, I don't know if I'm like, exactly the PTA type, but I would like to um, have like the experience of like, you know, I'm like part of this group and I'm contributing as a parent and it, um, yeah, I, I just, it, it, it was motivating to me to want to do more. I, yeah, I keep, I keep saying I'm good because the PTA meetings are still by Zoom in our district. Uh -huh. I keep being like, I'm going to go to the, and then I just never do. So good for you. You went, you did it. Yeah. <laughs> I went and I mean, everyone's just like so passionate and um, just, they just do so much. Really, really neat. So if you were choosing a school or when you were looking at a preschool for your son, like what, how would you know if it was good? Like what would, what information would you want to have about a preschool or a school to know if it was good? Um, that's a good question. Like a lot of thought went into my, when my daughter was in preschool, like what preschool is kind of interesting because we, I did so much research on like Reggio versus Montessori versus mm. Waldorf, like um, all these different philosophies. And then, you know, they go to that preschool and then like a, a couple years later, they're just like all migrated into regular public school. So I'm like, oh, I don't know. They're not really like keeping up with that philosophy anyway. Um but I did like my daughter's preschool because I like the way um, the, the director talked to the kids. Um, she would always use like language, like instead of um, saying, be careful, she would say things like, watch where your hands are. Like, so instead of focusing on the no she would focus on like the what you can do it's just very thoughtful like the way that she approached um kids as like kind of like mini grown-ups um uh, yeah and so I I thought that was a good place for her mm -hmm. yeah it's so interesting isn't it so that's that's one of the things I always notice is the way the adults speak to the children like the things you were just saying, like phrasing things in the affirmative instead of saying, don't do this. Like I learned so many of those things from daycare. So that was really meaningful yeah, to me. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, there, I, I remember visiting a, another preschool daycare where um, the woman was telling me that they don't teach kids to say 
say sorry, like to when mm -hmm. they make someone cry or they accidentally hurt someone. They, um, because yeah, it's just like, it's an adult telling you how to feel or, you know, to say, right. I'm sorry, um, but to see how you could help instead. And like, can I offer you a wet paper towel? Like, it's, it's very cute. Like to see little like two-year-olds being like, can I offer you a wet paper towel? <laughs> I love that. That's great. On, on the flip side of that, uh, if you could change anything about what goes on in your child's school or preschool, does anything come to mind? I don't know. I feel like it's just a big experiment because so my my daughter's school was like a Reggio inspired preschool. Um, the school that we're sending my son to now, um, it's the one that's closest to us because we're like we cannot be driving, you know, 19 minutes each way to like that was the school that she she went to. Um, so we decided to go to the school that's just closest to us, and it's great as well. But it's very. Um, like academic so he's learning it's interesting like he's two and he's like mercury venus earth Mars. like he's like reciting all all this information and um i don't know like i don't know what the research says is best if if this is like appropriate for them to you know be learning math and how to read and this sort of stuff and um so it does feel kind of like we'll see how it goes. I mean, it just gives me like slight hesitations. Like I did really feel like, oh, like at my daughter's school, like kids should learn through play and by like touching things and figuring things out, like just like playing in the sand, running, running around, um, playing in nature. I, I really enjoyed that. Like, and my son's school is quite different, but I don't know. I don't see it as being like necessarily worse or, or not, but just very different. Yeah, just very different. Is there anything that your kids do that really pushes your buttons? Like that really is hard to take? Yeah, definitely. I mean, my daughter has been so hard. Her whining, like, I don't know, it makes the both of us like go from zero to like a hundred on the thermometer, like in an instant. And there's yes. no like talking it down. Like, I don't know, like it's really hard for me to be like okay like like I know like I've heard you should like instead of yelling you could like sing or you could like I don't know like trying to rechannel some of that anger but it really does feel like so overwhelming what helps is just like setting an expectation early and often like oh you know I um this is what we're gonna do I expect you to you know speak respectfully and like without a whining voice and usually like once you set that expectation when like everyone's calm then like it's there to think about um so that helps but like once we get past like the point of no return it's really hard to like calm down from that Yes. I, yeah. I feel like there are no parents out there that don't have like something that just like when it happens, you're just like, like you said, it's like zero to a hundred immediately. And you're just like, I can't, like, I can't, uh -huh. I can't take uh -huh. it. My husband, his trigger is my like overwhelm or anger, fear. I mean, like fear of not knowing what to do in the moment. So his like trigger is like seeing me like that, like seeing me uh -huh. flustered and his instinct is to like get loud 
and then I'm just, and then there's whole cycle of like, no, like, don't yell. Like, let's not yell. We're not, we're not yelling. We're not a yelling family. Like um, this whole, like, yeah, it's this whole thing where then like, I get mad at him. He gets mad at, at like me and Maggie, like everyone's just like, yeah. It's right. like everyone's just like turned up to, the dials are all just turned up all the way. And everyone's like, oh, right. yeah, it's so tough. And then it's like, sometimes like 10 minutes later, it's like, it's all over, but when you're in the moment it feels so intense I like I really liked Carla Nomberg's book about like not yelling at your kids like I I'm like I'm not much of a yeller but um like having kids did experienced anger in like a way that I hadn't before Mm, and I was like oh this is a new feeling so I really appreciated what her book had to offer parents about like how to navigate those feelings Um, when your kid is pushing your buttons so it was helpful to me but I want to go out on a high note I would love for you to tell me something wonderful about your kids like Max he um is very happy-go-lucky and makes us laugh like at least like 35 times a day like he's definitely um just a happy curious funny kid like what I what makes us laugh so much is like we'll just tell him something like oh today um I don't know today I got a paper cut he and then he'll instantly tell like the person sitting right next to to me like like dad mom like today mom got a paper cut like it's just like very cute how he explains things to someone who's like sitting right in the room as it's being shared um it's gonna be like a breaking news reporter or something um (laughs) Maggie she's definitely like unique her own person um it's crazy because she like kind of tears up the house but she builds like these amazing like little tiny sculptures and I know she made this this dollhouse that's like it has like nine rooms and every room has a theme and it's all just out of like random scraps around our house and she just has this brain that's like constantly she needs to be like touching something or making something yeah that's very relatable for for me personally and my nine-year-old too like every piece of paper like that has ever passed through a house like if you turn it over there's a drawing on the back of it I would uh set like drawing traps for her like instead of trying to convince her to do something I will just leave like paper and pens like sitting on the table because Uh I know it's like moth to a flame you know it's like it lures her in and she will just sit down and start drawing and I'm like yes works should buy stock in like michael's because i'm just like whatever like putty clays and all these like things that yeah i'm like it's worth it we have like cupboards and drawers just like bursting with all that it's like pipe cleaners sure like Uh yes like pom pom yes like yeah 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 we don't have a lot of toys but we do have a lot of pipe cleaners cleaners and and, uh, craft sticks right yeah exactly all the markers in the world yeah yeah that's great I love it I feel like I feel like if our if our girls could meet they would probably like create something amazing together so true thank you so much for talking to me I'm really excited for your book thank you again I really appreciate your time it's been really nice to talk to you. you I want to thank Michelle for speaking with me 
You can find Michelle's book, Horizontal Parenting, wherever books are sold. And you can find notes from this episode at emilypopek.com. That's P-O-P-E-K, as well as a link to subscribe to my newsletter. Thanks for listening and have a great day.